We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goyne. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is my co-founder, producer, uh, editor person, Brian Goins, who has been with me by my side since day one on a iPad tablet in my kitchen. Also with me is uh, Heat Beat OG Harrison. You are with me from well, you and Jack. You and Jack Alfonso were the two first people that came on board. And our special guest, not Benno Udrik or Udri. I don't know how to say his name. As many of you have asked, it's his Jason Leisure. Most improved Twitter follow. Woo! Oh, Yay! You like our let me just award? let yeah, I do, and let me just say that uh, being on this, um, what's the name of this again? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Levitard show. Now the Heat Beat. The Heat Beat. Uh, Heat Beat podcast. Podcast. This that's is that's our official brand name. Life. This is my this is my Pulitzer. <laughs> we all strive for that. It's only downhill from here, Jason. Yep. This is the top. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your apex while you can. So this panel of esteemed and noble guests, guest co-hosts are on today. And Jason, I want to start with asking you, and I'm not going to interview for, for an hour. Everybody asked me, you can just kind of talk and interview Jason for an hour. I'm not going to do that. That sounds terrible. But I do want to ask you for your best Birdman story, because you wrote a fantastic piece in the post. That was great. And I, I want to know, Birdman's a character, and colorful is probably the understatement of the year there there really is no best uh birdman story but there are a lot of good ones i mean there's the guy is uh the guy is very funny there's some that are not repeatable ever um but (laughs) i mean i've had conversations with this guy where we've talked for a half an hour before a game uh, about global warming and nachos and it just kind (laughs) of switches back and forth between the two yeah yeah yeah. he just kind of picks it up 
and now oh now we're back on nachos and now I you know I can't tell was that about global warming or nachos but um I, I don't know there's a million good stories about that guy um one of the I remember uh, we were at a game in Indiana I think and he comes in from pregame warmups and we're in the locker room and he's just like drenched in sweat and he comes up and he just kind of like pats me on the shoulder on my on my sport coat and it just drenches me just from that and it's gross. And I said something about it and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. And he comes over and gives me a big hug afterwards. Like, like, thank you. Like now I smell like, now I smell like Chris Anderson. That's disgusting. But the thing about this guy that is interesting, and this isn't like one story to tell about Chris Anderson, like one funny thing, even though there are a lot of them, is he's such a good guy. He's such a likable, friendly person. And it's his fault that people don't know that because he doesn't want you to think that. He puts off this whole persona, uh, you know, with the beard and the tattoos and the menacing scowls and everything. But everybody likes this guy. I mean, he was in a locker room with guys like Ray Allen and Shane Battier and Bosch and LeBron for years here. And they all like him. I mean, he's a pro's pro. And you see him on the court like he, he doesn't lose his mind. He gets along with the officials. He's always joking around with the other players. Everybody down to the ball boys and the media love this guy. And uh, it's, I think it's kind of, you know, there are probably a lot of secrets about Chris Anderson. But that's that's one of the secrets is that he's pretty, he's a really friendly, really likable guy. Udonis was his boy, right? Like they were really tight. Or at least it would appear that way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But um, but he was tight with a lot of guys. I mean, he was good. There, the, one of the funniest things to watch would be when guys came in, like Goran Dragic comes into the Heat and doesn't know him. And Tyler Johnson signs with the Heat and doesn't know Chris Anderson. And they're kind of like, I don't know what to do with this guy. And then they find out very quickly, like, not only is he uh, an absolute professional in terms of the way he prepares and works and his attitude in the locker room, but just a nice, friendly guy that, I mean, all those guys instantly liked. Harrison, have you heard my story that when, um, my father doesn't know a lot about basketball, but he liked to follow the team. So when they, the Heat signed uh, Chris Anderson, he had asked me, is this guy any good? And I said, no, the Heat just like to do this thing lately where they pick up really bad bigs that never play. I was like, he's going to be a non-impact guy. And uh, I mean, you have a lot of bad. No, that was bad. That's not as bad as my Kevin Durant's (laughs) overrated thing that I said six years ago. Which was Um, I mean, I remember when we picked him up, I liked the move at the time because we needed a big guy that could come in off the bench, provide energy rebound. And you never thought that the Heat would, you know, reel off 27 straight. And then I think they only lost like six games after he came on. Well, he had that stretch in the playoffs where he didn't miss a shot. Yeah, he was shooting like 80% from the field. It's the Pacers. It's good defense. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the key addition to that uh, second championship run. So Brian, why are you yeah, smiling like a weirdo? I'm not smiling. I'm just looking at you guys. You love Birdman. I love Birdman. I, I got to you meet him in person. Birdman. Did you not hear about my story where I got my dad to take a picture of him? It's so stupid. Your dad doesn't even look like Birdman, but you swear your dad looks like Birdman. He roughly does. No, he doesn't. It's just terrible. Is, is Birdman a father was- figure to you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan asked the question. <laughs> well, my dad listens to this podcast, so maybe I should not say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> you have a real dad. You are. Just- <laughs> <laughs> kind of moving away from Birdman. Well, actually, I thought last year the Heat had a low-key, really good center rotation with Hassan and Anderson before everybody got hurt. Uh, he was good. You're not even. He was, was really good last year. He was very good last year. He wasn't going to make an All Star team or anything, but Chris Anderson was very good last year, and he started 20 games for them, and that made it very confusing that he didn't play at all this year. If if you believe them that they weren't holding him out because they Is were trying to trade, I think they were holding him out because they were trying to trade him. 
and they just didn't want him to get hurt before they could trade him. And and you had you had a lot of other guys. I mean, they figured out a way to play without a backup center for how many months in the beginning of the season where they were kind of staggering Bosch and Whiteside so they wouldn't have to play a backup center. I think they held him out to try to keep him healthy to trade him all along. But he was coming off a good season, and it would not surprise me at all. In fact, I expect that Chris Anderson is, is still got at least another season or two left. Well, he's hurt right now. Is he hurt? Yeah, he's hurt he right now. He just got injured. Today. He just got injured. In the game yeah, today. Yeah, I saw he's not starting. No, he's not starting oh. tonight. The Unleashed yeah. Chalmers game. Yeah, Memphis has seven players tonight. So Dude, Chalmers is such a great fantasy pickup when nobody else is in the lineup. He'll jack him up. You're laughing because you know, like he'll. Yeah, Mario. Mario likes to shoot, and Mario definitely uh, believes that he should be out there shooting. What has the locker room been like without like those guys? Because Mario's been around forever, especially with guys like Dwayne and Udonis. Like, yeah, those guys were those guys were crushed to lose him. They've had him. What was he here? Six, seven years, eight years, maybe. He was here a long time, and and those guys knew him very well. They went through a lot of things. They went through a championship run, obviously, but. Uh, different guys come in. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger locker room than you think because it's 15 guys, uh, you know, plus staff and everything else. And, and, you know, guys come through and a lot of those guys know each other through other teams or through summer workouts and things like that. And, you know, you new friends come in. I want to go. We're very like all over the place. We're not. Our, we're not. Our, Jason, we're, you're not on ourselves around you. You're making us nervous. You're like that I've hot girl. That. Guys, no, we're not I, ourselves. We're not. You, the hot girl walks into the bar, and now we're all nervous. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm asking very structured questions, and this sounds terrible. I understand that. I understand that. But I need you to understand too that I'm just a normal guy. All right. I'm a just like a I'm just like you. You're yeah. beautiful. Okay, maybe right, <laughs> but still just a normal guy. All right. So let's just talk. How does Harrison harass you? Because that must be annoying. Because I've seen. I, he tells me he harasses <laughs> this poor dude. Uh, it's, it's very inappropriate. I imagine. <laughs> You're laughing because no, you know no, it's true. Because, no, it was funny because I, I always just, we had like, you know, good fun going back and forth with each other. And then because you're an asshole. Because you're no, mean to him. Because I am? I'm not, no, no, he is. Harrison. No, I'm not. I'm not. And the funny part was happened was I was showing people the exchanges and my brother was like, what did you do to this guy? Yeah. And then my girlfriend, who was just like, small half Jewish half Colombian girl was like I'm gonna beat him up and I'm like what are you talking about like just relax wait what like uh, your girlfriend wanted to fight Jason my girlfriend always wants to fight <laughs> why does your girlfriend want to fight Jason's just nodding like this is a common occurrence many because women have tried to fight me <laughs> no I would never let her fight anyone and she would no one no one that's associated with me is gonna hurt anyone else I'm, not, I'm a lover not a fighter so that's okay. not that's yeah. not gonna happen um, but she was like angry. And I said, listen, he's joking. He's very sarcastic. He went to your alma mater. So don't worry, you know, but she was, she was getting pretty feisty. Jason, how did right, you get good? Part of that is on, part of that is on me though. Okay. Because not, I, it's not everyone else's fault that they don't get my sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> That's my fault. Where and I, I, I like, I, I like to mess with people. I like, I, I've never gone at somebody on Twitter in a real way. It's always been, you know, somebody that I've been joking around with. And uh, but I understand if you don't actually know me and you're not getting to hear the, the tone of my voice or anything like that, that you might not get that. No, see, I, I think sarcasm is a sign of like high intelligence. Uh, I've always said that for Are years. Are you flirting so. with Jason? That's no, what sarcastic think, people you have a girlfriend, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm being. I'm being honest. I think I think sarcasm is a very high intelligence kind of humor. So Jason's when people that, Jason's not that easy, dude. I'm not. You're I'm not, not hoping or thinking he is. Uh, that's not, not we already did this We're podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. You're smiling. Okay. 
Yeah, it's funny. I'm just laughing. Are you disappointed, Jason? It's working a little. <laughs> <laughs> I might come back. You don't talk to me that way, Harrison. I'm jealous now. Well, you talk about anime too much, I man. I love you anime. St- Listen, no, no, stand by that. Actually, that brings me to another topic. It's not basketball related, but I wanted to ask you the, um, the rules of a bathrobe. Because I got this in this conversation on Twitter. What, when you wear a bathrobe, do you wear underwear or do you not wear underwear? No, in your you house? Wear, yeah, in my house. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? it do you have kids? It. No, it's by yourself. Yeah, then it doesn't matter. What, do you, what do I, you It was split. Twitter was split. Twitter says, no, you need to wear something under the bathrobe. And I said, well, for doesn't whom? That, doesn't that defeat the purpose of the bathrobe? Like you need to be prepared in case Obama comes by? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I think I think hotel bathrobes. You should probably wear something underneath because who knows? Those things haven't been cleaned in forever. You but shouldn't. You just shouldn't at all. Yeah, you that's true. Leave it hanging in the closet. Right? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I like to do that at hotels. You know, put that on and walk down to the lobby and you know, ask for a snack. Pick up the newspaper, right? Oh yeah. Put a shoot around. Sure. Right. USA Today or New York Times? What? Oh, I don't read newspapers, man. Who reads newspapers? Yeah. <laughs> Jason, when was the last time you picked up a newspaper? You I get all this stuff online for free on Twitter, man. That's all I need. When was the last time Jason Leisure picked up a copy of the Palm Beach Post and read it? Uh, well, that's not fair. What? And and the Palm Beach Post, listen, you should know, is a very esteemed Steve. publication. And it's a great print product yes. that everybody should pick up every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm not being paid to say that. I just feel that way. <laughs> I plug. But I don't live in a place where I can get it, um, you know, which just kills me every day. But I, I, uh, I read it online all the time, and you can, uh, you can get everything and more that is in the paper online. And, you know, usually it's more current even. You sound like a spokesman for online newspapers. Very well, well. Yeah, I, I am, though. You can, yeah, you kind of are. I mean, you guys aren't writing me checks. Yeah, I mean, Yet. I... I I like the I like it now that it's free. It wasn't free a few oh, years it's, ago. It's so free I, now? Yeah. No, it's not. I'm it almost was, positive I can read most of the articles. Read Jason's Birdman. Yeah, article. that like after the tenth article was like yeah, yeah. subscribe yeah, for a dollar a day. Oh God forbid you guys have to pay for the work God, that we do. Come on. Oh man. You guys go to Target and want them to give you everything for free too? Yeah. Target. I've 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 definitely complained for free things before. Who hasn't complained for free things? <sighs> yeah. Like last night, for example. I was out at my birthday dinner and we had brought a cake and we just spent quite a lot of money at dinner and they wanted to charge $3 a person for us to light the cake in the restaurant. And we just, we just told them that was kind of ridiculous. That like, ridiculous. here's our bill. Wait, really? And they, yeah, they, they let us do it after arguing. How much arguing. did you complain? Uh, I was, well, it was actually my dad, but your girlfriend uh, didn't want to fight him. <laughs> just, it's a, it depends who's there. Like, if it's just me, I'll complain. If my dad's there, he'll take precedence. You didn't answer the question. Did your girlfriend yeah. want to fight? Was she even there? She, yeah, she was there. She's what kind of restaurant are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was F3 on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Okay. And you're there. And you, what the, the problem is you just want to have a cake after dinner? Yeah. And they're saying no without a charge? They, orig- they originally came over, the waitress, and said. But it's your cake. Just- You've brought your own cake. Yeah, it's the same way they charge you for a corkage oh. fee for wine, but they wanted to charge oh, oh, for oh, a candle corkage fee. Are they communists? Yeah, I've never heard of a cake fee. Yeah, they'd be yeah con- ca- well, we didn't let it happen, so I'm going to tell you didn't. Fight, That's the, right. fight the power, dude. Yeah, you put your foot down. Show you know them. what else hasn't happened? Do you know how hard it is for people like us to go to restaurants and have cake after our meal? 
Like, thank you, man. Thank you. You're the hero. <laughs> I, I, You're the real MVP. I do it for the little man. You, you know who else capes up? Joe Johnson. And you saw how that segue went? <laughs> yeah, that's, I brought yeah, this that's... back. Now, Joe Johnson has been very, very good. Um, and I think mo- most specifically, he's been good in the dribbling passing aspect, how he's the guy who can create off the dribble. He's been really good passing to Dwayne. I believe he's on half of uh, Johnson's assists. They've been to Dwayne, and Dwayne is cutting more. And I even read the other day how Dwayne, after the Atlanta game, was, was telling reporters how he or at telling the players that it, we have to keep this pace up, and I will adjust as we go. So with the up pace and Joe Johnson finding Dwayne on more cuts than before, Drogic's usage rate going up, Brian... I'm right did here. Joe Johnson, did Joe Johnson sign? Like, I guess what I'm trying to ask is the um, is the impact <clears throat> of Joe Johnson inflated by these awful teams, or is this who he is? No, I mean you can talk about all the stuff that you want with analytics and usage rate and whatever. But here's the thing: Joe Johnson <laughs> looks really good and looks like he fits in because he's making his shots. I, just, I mean, a- anybody walks in there and just starts making their shots, you're gonna be like, "Oh man, they're really fitting well." And you know, oh, he figured out like rule number one is pass the ball to Dwayne, which everybody figures out when they walk in the door. But Joe Johnson's shooting like 64 percent, and uh, you know he's a threat from outside. I think he's like eight for 12 on threes or something like that since he got here. Exactly. I, I mean. He, and, and guys are having to stay with him out there. You can't just leave him out there like you could a lot of these other um, Heat players who haven't shot anywhere close to Joe Johnson's percentage. He walks in the door and he immediately becomes the best three-point shooter on a team that didn't really have any once Chris Bosh went down. That's why he fits. Johnson has taken 42 jump shots. Uh, that's pretty much all his field goals. He has four layups, one tip, three fadeaways, and one bank shot. So basically the standard jump shot has been what he's been – that's what he's here for, taking jump shots. And he hasn't turned the ball over at all. He's got eight turnovers in four or five games. I yeah. mean, that's that's pretty minimal. But I think what's important is his synergy with Dwayne, especially having Dwayne off the ball, Johnson in the high post. Yes. Cutting. That has happened quite a few times. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, helps. Thing- that, that helps. Sorry, Harrison, go ahead, man. Nobody no, uh, I was just going to say the things that I knew about Joe Johnson uh, were that he could dribble and he could shoot. I had no idea that, and that he was he's boring. And that he's boring. I had, I had no idea that he was as good of a passer as he's shown to be in these few games. And he's got that. He's really good on the floater, which is a nice shot for him at six seven. Big bodied guy can just get into the lane, float the ball, and oh, yeah. he's really opened up the offense because just having one guy that can shoot, can actually shoot and make three pointers. Uh, the lanes for Drogic and Wade are much wider. Everyone's cutting, and I know Jason uh, is a big Luol Deng fan, and people are kind of shitting on Luol for a couple of years now. You people, too many people. He's the key. He's the key for the offense right now. His ability to play the four the way he's been playing it opens up everything else for the rest of the Heat. And I kind of think the Heat have to look into bringing him back next year and run the same type of offense. He's been that that good. He's been that effective. He's the key for their defense too. I mean, this thing falls apart if you don't have him being able to guard everybody from Tyson Chandler to Kristaps Porzingis, guarding all these power forwards that are a lot bigger than him, which he's done throughout his career, but. I mean, man, if you didn't have a guy that could do that, and then also Joe Johnson, I, th- I think, you know, he's more of a natural two-guard, but he's playing small forward. I mean, you have a few guys that are adjusting very well to playing out of position to make this work without Bosch. The, yeah. We'll go, Harrison. Or I was just surprised there were, there were a couple games where uh, they were kind of, you know, the bigger guys were kind of uh, scoring over Dang in the post, and I wonder why there weren't any spot minutes for 
uh, McRoberts. That would have been a time where you just my boy. McRoberts has been McRoberts has been really good on defense uh, when he's played, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering why you just don't like throw him out for a few minutes because he's you know he's hesitated all year on his shot, but his defense has been his defensive rebounding has been good all season. Uh, I'm wondering why they don't throw him out or why he's supposed Jason, to throw him out for notes. I have some papers in front of me just to double check some things. Yes. Wow, you're so much more prepared than we are. Look at you. <laughs> Were you gonna well, say just looking just looking at the last game uh, against Philadelphia, which you know they had to play all the way down to the end. Uh, nobody played any crazy minutes. That's the thing is, there's not exactly a hole here for Josh McRoberts to fill in, unless you're talking something like that where Luol Deng is struggling or uh, or someone else is struggling down in the post. Um, I mean, but if you look down if you look down the roster. From uh, from Sunday's game, I mean, Dragic played 38 minutes. That's a little high. Deng played 35. That's that's reasonable. I mean, that's about what you're expecting him to play. Well, the the main Deng thing has been playing him at the four as a spacer with Hassan, because that's I mean, and Amari as well. But the bulk of the minutes are spent with Hassan, so he provides shooting, and they have to guard him. So the Heat offense explodes with him there and him off the ball and him cutting and and I, just a guy to create off the dribble at that four position, especially out of the corners where he is always, he's parked in that left corner. So it creates a lot of distortion of the defense, him dribbling, and then you have Johnson and Wade cutting, and Drogic with his usage rate up to, I think, around 24 uh, since All-Star break. So that also has been, like, revolutionizing what they've been doing. Yeah, not only that, you also Every time see, you say usage rate, I just kind of blank it It's such I an just, easy thing. It's just the percentage just, of time. Do you know what it is? Yes, I know what it is. But, like, do you really just, know I what it is? I keep falling asleep when you're saying it. I love it. <laughs> I think the interesting conversation that Harrison started talking about is, you know, whether you bring Luol Deng back next year because I, I think, think they have to. Is that I felt he did them a favor by opting in. He did uh, this past year at that salary. That was a pretty good deal for Luol Deng, and I was a little surprised he did that because I thought if he had gone out on the open market, he could have got a multi-year deal for that salary. Um, and I would imagine there will be that kind of market for Luol Deng this year as well. I don't know if the Heat are going to be willing to commit. Uh, to oh, a long-term deal for Luol Deng. I think they have to at least three for ten or or, or two for ten or something. Like, you know. Well, they're going to want to go see who they can get first, right? I mean, you, I don't think you're keeping Luol Deng if you believe that Chris Bosh is coming back and you're going to sign Kevin Durant. Then there wouldn't be space or minutes or money for Luol Deng. So you're going to have to hope that he's willing to wait and see what you do. But realistically speaking, and I think it's it's I think we can all agree that the that the Kevin Durant might seem like a long shot considering what has been reported at this point in time. So I, I would imagine guys like Nick Batum are people more attractive to them, even though they might have to overpay. So that's why I think for the value that you can get off Luol Deng, who's played well in the system with these people and can play defense at a level pretty high considering his age, I think that they get value out of that. And he's not that old. You think of Luol Deng as being old because he's been in the league so what long. Is he thirty two? I think he's thirty one or thirty two. I mean, Luol Deng is is not at the end of it's his. It's the miles. I think it's more the miles that people think of. And Tom. It Dan. hasn't affected him the last two years. He's been fine. He's been a horse, dude. That guy is. Yeah. He, and he, I correct me if I'm wrong. He probably plays. What, what are you waving at, Harrison? No, no, no. Oh, just I cleaning you, I, my I thought, screen. I, yeah, no, Sorry. I thought you were like calling me, like, "Hey, my turn." No, 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 no. <laughs> just cleaning my screen. Sorry. No, he, he plays really hard. I think he's one of the hardest working guys on the team, just on, based on on-court production. I mean, I it's tough. The stuff, the things he plays through are, are things that would keep me out of work for weeks. I mean, a dislocated finger and he gets poked in the eyeball. I he wanted mean, to play through a spinal tap. He was leaking spinal yeah, fluid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, extremely, extremely tough. Extremely tough. Right. Anyone else want to get in on the little dang talk? Did you guys hear that like weird lag? 
Or is that just me? I didn't hear anything. That's what you wanted to contribute, Brian? No, I'm just like, I, I just heard him lag out. Yeah. So late. Just, it just happened. That, I can't, great no, no, that, was, that was great usage of your mic time. <laughs> you have a low usage percentage. And that's what you used it on? It literally just happened. Uh, that's why it's I just brought it up. It's a, good, it's a good thing you said your it's parents fixed. don't listen to this. It's yeah. fixed. <laughs> this is why your father's disappointed in you. This, this is why you need Birdman as a second dad. This is why you need Birdman as, <laughs> as you guys your are mean. figure. You guys okay, are all you, mean. You guys are bullies. You lost your, you lost your mic privileges. I'm going to talk anyway. <laughs> Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Dwayne because I think the pace has not, I think he's been the least to benefit from, from the pace, despite the team playing well. I don't think his shooting percentages have been very good. And I don't know if that's fatigue or just the randomness of, of jump shots going in or not going in. I don't know, Jason, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, he was having up and down, uh, nights in the first half too. I mean, his averages come out pretty well overall, but that's he's feast one of the things. I'm sorry, go ahead. He's feast or famine. He hasn't always been, but that's one of the things that happens when you get toward this part of your career physically is you're going to have the ability to do great things some of the time, but not, you're not going to be able to do it every single night. You're not going to be able to do it, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday in a week. Well, that's how aging works. It's not the diminishing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how, yeah, no, that's how often it comes out. I do like him, and I don't know why they haven't done this more, having Johnson screen for him up top they've done it a couple times but like how they used to do with ray allen how ray allen would screen for lebron and then flare out with the with the boss stagger screen they don't do that as much as i thought they would and i think that that's a play that they can really count on in the playoffs or going forward did i just go I'll like pa- i'll pass that depth? along did i just I'll go too in depth i'm asking you guys like what do you know no. well the everybody stared at me like i'm an alien no 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 i'm just I, i'm so like, no, 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 no. I really <laughs> thought Wade was leaving last season. And and so now that he's back and I know he wants to stay in Miami, I think he's going to take like a two or three year what deal. What does that have to do with anything here. I just said? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I. All right. Now you threw me off. I was, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Keep, keep I was going to say that. No, he doesn't bring. He's not. He's not as efficient as he. That that was always Dwayne Wade's game: is efficiency. Right? He was great at taking the like making a good amount of the shots that he took. And so now you're starting to see games where he's maybe like last night he was five for fifteen, but he's still productive in his minutes. Uh, he, since Joe Johnson's come, he's better cutting off the ball, which is the what I really like. Uh, Dwayne Wade, his game cutting to the basket, and you know he, he's still he's still a good player. He's not. Uh, he's not the great all-star that he once was, but he still gives he still gives it every night, and he's going to be on this team for a few more years. So we just have to work with him. You know, maybe not getting it getting the ball as much, but still being effective when he does touch the ball. In the last five games, that would be since Joe Johnson got here, Wade shooting forty five, almost forty six percent in those five games. Most importantly. 65% in less than five feet, and the majority of the shots are coming from there. 32 field goal attempts. There's no type of distance from field goal that he's over 20 in, uh, other than less than five feet. So all his shots are coming at the brim now. The jump shot has been not very good, uh, five for 18 on 15 to 19 feet, and five for 13 on 10 to 14 feet. So the jump shot not falling, but we know how that's very up and down. But more importantly, he's getting more at the rim, and that is a product, as we spoke about, about pace. Uh, I'd think more Joe Johnson and Drogic and him playing off the ball. There are also 60-something games into the season at this point, and um, Dwayne is headed toward playing more games than he's played in years. And at this age, 
it, you can see it clearly would benefit them if they can get some chances to rest him. I don't think he needs it. I think physically he can gut it out and play the rest of the way as long as he doesn't get hurt. But they I think might need him to. Anybody would benefit from getting the rest. And they've blown some chances to get him rest on a smaller scale too. Like, I mean, how is it that Dwayne Wade needed to play uh, the fourth quarter of a home game against Philly? Oh, I mean, of that, course. That, that should have been avoidable and, and they would have really, they could have used that. He probably yeah. he probably could have sat that game out when you I mean well now we we're armed with the result that probably he oh could back have. in the big three day they would have oh, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah. Then they See, have, right I thought I thought they might have sat him Friday uh, on a on a back to back in Philly where you're where you're thinking they should take that game but the Heat already blew some games earlier in the season they should have had and when you're I, they're really trying to get the three seed they can't be they have to win the games they're supposed to win and I just don't think they're they're willing to rest Wade to risk a loss, uh, even though even though they played great in the two games after the All Star break without Wade and Drogic and Drogic's look good since. But I just think they're gonna. I think if they get a chance, they will rest him. But they're not willing to take the risk right now in the chase for the three seed. Everybody complains about those bad losses, but like no team's perfect, especially a team that's at the end of the day they're good. They're good, but they're not great. And some teams are gonna have four or five questionable losses. Like we're holding these, like what is it, three or four losses against them? Like that's some giant indictment of how they royally messed up. Like they're not going to beat every bad team every time, and I think that people kind of lose sight of that. Well, I mean that's that's true. To, to Brian, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. No, you I, should. Brian lost privileges. Remember, <laughs> I'm talking. Um, <laughs> Brian, go. Well, I just want to mention that I was looking at the standings today, and I mean, gosh, like what? Not even less than a month ago, the distance between the first seed and eighth seed, or maybe the second eighth seed was like a few games back, and now the Heat are six ahead of the eighth seed. So the Heat have oh, distance. I mean, yes, the Heat have distance to make the playoffs. It's not like if they go on a three-game losing streak, it's the end of the world like it was less than a month ago. So yeah. I, I personally, I think the well, Heat they, are finally making afford, use of what the games afford. are taking. I mean, yeah, afford. sure, the first half of the season, making all those losses, and it's not good for them, but it's at and the point where the Heat actually have some cushion room if they want to rest weight, just like you guys were mentioning. Well, yeah, the other thing, too, is we're having the wrong conversation if we're talking about them resting Wade because it's not – I mean, he makes those decisions. It's up to him whether he wants to rest or not. So it's what he feels he would he needs or would benefit from. And I can tell you for sure, Dwayne Wade has got on this mission this year to put up a pretty good games played total. I mean, he hasn't said whatever that number is, and he may not have a specific number in mind, but he is absolutely adamant on playing as yeah, many games as possible. Yeah, which is pretty good. I, I think uh, he he played fewer than that the last year of the Big Three, didn't he? He played yeah. sixty nine the last year of the Big Three. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Giancarlo, oh, you make a, I'm sorry, fifty four. Yeah, yeah, you missed a lot. Uh, and Giancarlo, you make a good point because because the Heat really couldn't shoot threes for much of the season. All of the games were close, and the Heat have been an exceptionally good clutch time team um, this year. Yeah, and and uh, we actually wrote a really good. Was, did you write that article? We is too many people. Um, yeah, you wrote a really good article about the Heat in clutch time this season. So yeah, it makes sense that they a few games like I was at the Minnesota game, which was super frustrating, uh, or the next game at home was was not fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're gonna toss up a few, but they've been really good in the last five minutes. Uh, what are we calling it? The swine flu lineup? Is yes, that- Nikias. I, I don't get that. You guys need to like Jason. Have you heard this? That. Have you heard what the swine flu lineup is? No, explain to me what the swine flu lineup the is. The swine flu lineup is the Hassan Whiteside, Luol Dang, Justice Winslow, Dwayne Wade, and Gordon Drogic lineup. 
Okay. It's called yeah, the but- swine flu lineup because it's sick. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it's right. that's not. It's actually. I think you got the name because Golden State has the death lineup, and, and ours. Right. Yeah, we and ours wasn't as good, so we go with swine flu, which would get you sick. But and swine not- flu is fairly harmless too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall. but they're not gonna. If you guys called it the Ebola lineup, you'd be in trouble probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but we need, but we need a new name now because they substituted Justice with Joe Johnson, and that lineup is even more deadly than the well, swine. Smaller sample, smaller, smaller sample. Right, but it's Jason. been. Were you uh, sorry to cut you off, Harrison? I do that a lot. Nope. I, would kill, I would kill me if I were you, um, nope. <laughs> Jason. Were you aware of how good the Heat were in the last five minutes of games that were close? They're uh, third in net rating uh, behind mm-hmm. Golden State and Dallas. Like they're really, really good. I mean, that's when they're playing their best guys. That's when they're playing. Uh, they're playing Winslow a lot, and uh, they were playing Bosch a lot in those situations. And defensively, those guys make a huge difference. But. Third in the league, like when the game is close, and a lot of it's Dwayne Iso stuff. Like if we're really getting down to it, especially toward the latter two minutes. Yeah, he's been a big scorer for them down the stretch. I mean, I think I don't have it offhand, despite all these notes in front of me, but I I think that his numbers in the last five minutes of tight games are very good this year. They're as not well. that great, actually. The shooting percentage, I mean, no? all okay. everybody's all right. shooting percentage. Goes down. <laughs> no, I, I hate to. But yeah. No, you're completely incorrect. <laughs> you are though. My my bad. Yes. All right. I maybe my eyes are lying to me. Well, my my eyes were lying to me too because I I had to go check. But everybody's numbers do go down in the last five minutes of a game because naturally right. fatigue. Right. Opponents' defense gets better. They play their best defensive players. Your sauce selection goes up. Like I, I remember doing a presentation on this, and I think the shots at the rim decreased by almost twenty five percent. Uh, in the last five minutes of games, because obviously teams aren't giving up layups late. So, right, and they have their best defenders in as well. Yeah, of course. So that's going to make it difficult. Um, I want to switch gears from Dwayne to Hassan, because Hassan is the interesting part of the season, or probably one of the most interesting parts. And Jason, I always have this, I always have this disconnect with this like attitude versus production on the court. So Hassan has been killed for his attitude forever since he got here. Um, for his immaturity, for his snap. Not the whole time. Not the whole time. The, the latter part of last year and then all of this year. About. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. But no, please correct me if I'm wrong because I, maybe I don't remember things right and I'm always open to being wrong because it's funny when I'm wrong. But his attitude has been killed and now he's better and he's saying all the right things. And I don't believe that it's correlated at all. Uh, you don't think he's played better? No, I he's, think he's, he's played better. Like he's uh, no, 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 no. I, I think he, he, it's night and day how he's played. I just don't think that the attitude shift in public persona and what he's saying to the media and all the right things he's doing is correlated to his play. Like people want to correlate the two, and I don't. Well, I think, I think the number one thing that you have to credit him for is when you take a guy like him, who regardless of where he's come from, he comes into this season as the starting center in a contract year talking about not not him talking about but looking at the possibility of making 80 million an 80 million dollar contract this summer and they put him on the bench and he's got to just be okay with that and he has been I mean you got to give him a lot of credit for being you know, not a lot of guys would just would uh, you know maintain their play or maybe even play better after that happens no and listen I've been a giant defender of Hassan all year and I've been a defender of his attitude and I don't think that he should I mean he's changed right I mean Definitely. I would say I I think I agree with you in the sense that his attitude and the things he says and the things he tweets and the things that he gets into fights with fans on Instagram about none of that matters if he plays well. But I do think in his case, he's a little more dialed in when he scales back some of that stuff. So that that could be affecting his play. 
I, I could be wrong, but I know that it's kind of happened at the same time, but I, I don't know how saying the right things to the media and not having funny press conferences with Jason Jackson correlates to him setting better screens. No, no, and no, playing no better I don't. I, I think the biggest thing that changed for him in that area is that he sat out and watched Amari Stoudemire come in there and uh, Amari Stoudemire, a far less physically gifted person at this point than Hassan Whiteside. Anybody, and Amari would tell you that. Oh, but he watched Amari come in there with, with less uh, skill or muscle or speed or whatever, all of those things, and do the job the right way and just fundamentally, technically, professionally do everything right. And I think Hassan saw oh, everybody likes that. Everybody likes playing with that guy. And, and I think that, you know, he won't admit that, but I think that that is the biggest thing that, uh, that resonated with him and changed the way he's been playing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you that the, the things he does on Instagram or Snapchat don't necessarily correlate to what he does on the court, but I read an, I read something that uh, Spo sat down with him during the All Star break. Told him they were gonna they were thinking about moving him to the bench. That he's the top t- fifteen talent in the NBA, and they need his best effort out there. And you can see the changes. He's screening much better. He's like actually Absolutely. making contact, actually making contact with the defender when he screens. Um, he's his, rolling his, harder. His defense is better because even though he's still getting a lot of blocks, he's not. He's not uh, taking as much risk. He's he's staying where he needs to be on defense to because him in Hassan in the way is just a nasty defender. Just being where he needs to be uh, alters the shots of other teams. So you don't always have to block the shot. You just need to be in the right place to rotate the correct way. And then the big thing, I mean, before yesterday, his last six, six games, he's shoot. He was shooting ninety two percent from the free throw line, yeah, which just that's an incredible thing. That was the most amazing season. Which just means he's putting in a lot more work on that shot, or he's found something where he feels more comfortable at the line. And those are things that I've never seen from anyone in the middle of a season. I mean, I've watched a lot of basketball, and I've never seen a change like that. It's just he's completely bought into whatever, um, whatever's going on. And listen, I love him off the bench because even if yesterday Amari picked up the fouls early, he has to come in. It's just this different attitude where he comes in off the bench, he feasts on the second unit. And he, he's got the uh, he's got great stamina. So Spo leaves him in for when he comes in through the entire second half, which is not talked about a lot. His ability, um, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's he's true. he's ridiculous in his ability. I mean, to play seventeen straight NBA minutes is not done very right. often. No, nobody's talking about that. And it's no, incredible. You're right. You're right. That's our fault. Yeah, because you're right. I, I've noticed that too. That and he's done that before, even before now, where he he'll play an entire fourth quarter or something like that. I mean, he really yeah. has got tremendous endurance. And I really think – I mean I remember before this, before the trade deadline a few games before, I, I was shaky on keeping Hassan. And now it's it's another guy that you just have to pay him this offseason. I mean hopefully – So now everybody likes him again. No, it's not like that. It's hate, just, no, no, no. Jason's right. And it's so annoying. No, he's, he's oh, changed. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It, it would be hard <laughs> to decide every day how you feel about Hassan White. No, time. it's easy. No, and I'm it, guilty it, of it, that. What bothers me – no, because you're all idiots. What bothers me is that <laughs> – you all, he Twitter bullied Hassan into being boring. Okay. No, he's, yes, he's not boring. Yeah, he's, he's, still, he's going to Jackson. He's thanking his teammates. I was like, who are you? You're no fun. We'll, we'll, we'll see how long. <laughs> let's, let's see if this is temporary. I hope it is, man. Do you, you I, I think though, when, before, you're talking right? about, when you're talking about Hassan's attitude, there's a difference between his attitude as far as nonsense, like Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, and his attitude in that building every day at work. And I, I think that you've seen a much more consistent attitude and dedication at work 
lately. And I think that has correlated in better play. But what? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm I don't I don't care what he does off the court. He's he's his own person. He can do whatever he wants. If you like Snapchat, you know, a lot of people like Snapchat. I'm just saying the what he's brought to the heat consistently since the All-Star break is is where you you have to pay him now. He I mean, he is that important to this team. He's someone you can move forward with. He's someone you could build around. He's become that dominant of a force. Uh, and especially, I mean, you're talking about he's he's adding six or seven more points from the line every game now because you can't hack a Hassan anymore. So the the changes he's made to his game, regardless of how, why or how they're happening, uh, has made him almost indispensable to the team. That's the point I'm trying to make. Not that I hated him before and and hate him less now or like him now. It's just he's become that important to this team. Oh. Has he blocked you on Twitter or no? No, he loves me. He loves me. Okay, then you must not hate him that much. <laughs> he responded he to Gianni. I was, that was fun, too. That's why did Gianni loves him so much. Did he block you on Twitter, Jason? No, he hasn't, but I've been a little surprised. I kind of keep thinking one of these days he will. Does he block reporters? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I like I, I joke around with him on there sometimes, or I joke around about him sometimes, and uh, he doesn't always... He doesn't always take it that way. He doesn't always think it's that funny. Does he like In fact, you? he, I would say, never thinks it's funny. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like him. I think he's an interesting guy. I got friends like Hassan Whiteside, um, and I think he's certainly interesting, and it's an amazing story. I mean, like, what more do you want when you're covering uh, last year's team and everything that's going wrong with last year's team and the, the ruts that that team would get into and, and having – if they're lucky, they're going to make the eight seed in the playoffs. And then you get this breath of fresh air. This guy comes in from uh, Lebanon or the D League and, you know, and all these places. And, he, and the first day he's there, starts talking about, I'm just going to dunk on people like I always have. And he, like, I, I wasn't even totally sure what his last name was at that point. <laughs> I heard him say Hassan, but we're talking to this guy and he's talking about dunking on people. And then before you know it, he is dunking on people. He's doing it to everybody. And all of a sudden he's a starting, he's, you know, he's their starting center and he's one of their huge building blocks for the future. Isn't he a good star for the league to have somebody colorful, somebody athletic, somebody like him? I, I mean, it depends what you mean by good for the league. I think all that personality is good. I think everybody that you put in there, all the different – I think it's the thing that makes basketball so much better to cover than the other sports is because it's so personality driven. And you have – beyond the fact that all these people are different and interesting in their own ways – the personality in a lot of ways drives the way that they play. So there's a correlation between what you're seeing and what you know that person to be. I thought that Harrison was going to talk. No, but um, you don't. I would like to go back to the idea of him changing and whether or not Jason, you were saying so many nice things. I, was, I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> that that do you feel like he was changed by the media climate around him? Because that kind of I got that sense that everything kind of came down on him and it was like, did he feel like things were his fault? Cause everybody came down so hard on him. Now, I doubt that he felt like things were his fault, but I think that the he, players were saying it, Dwayne I, and, and Bosch. I know that may have, that may or may not have gotten through to him, but I think the main thing that got through to him was seeing he lost his starting spot. I mean, and he lost it to a guy that he is better than if Amari Stoudemire can't sit here and tell you that Hassan Whiteside is better than him physically and talent wise right now. I mean, I'm sure Amari would tell you that. But Amari earned the starting job because he's doing all the right things. Do you think they're going to keep him this summer? Amari? No, uh, Hassan. No, I'm just kidding, man. I know who you meant. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they will. I think they will. I think you're talking about a guy that's 26 or 27, has done 
overall, when you when you look all the way back to December of uh, 2014, whatever it was when he signed, I mean, there's been huge improvements since then. So you would assume that there could be some more still. I mean, his, his trajectory has been up since he got to Miami. He's improved in the season, as we talked about before. And do you think the shooting – and uh, Harrison, I want to get you on this, or Brian. The shooting thing, is that real? I mean, it's improved, but he was shooting the I ball mean, at a crazy clip. I can show you the Hassan stats. Hassan is a that, jump shooter? Yes, Hassan is a jump shooter. Brian, sorry. Yeah, I'll just read you the stats from Chris's uh, latest story from yesterday. I mean – it's pretty staggering. What Whiteside was averaging before the All-Star break, mid-range field goal percentage was at 39%. Since the All-Star and, break, and he's now at 48. No, and it's gone up. It's 53 now. I mean, that, that's well, from yesterday. 50, so. 53, 53 since Joe Johnson got here. Excuse me. So well, the last 39, per, 39% from mid-range for, for a big man is actually not that bad. It's not something you want, but it's serviceable. It's fine. I mean, for Serv- a big man, that's probably, one of the better, that's probably one of the better ones for a big man. And the free, yeah, I think I think it's for real, and it's interesting because no, they really still have they still have yet to come out on him yet, probably because they're worried about other people. But it's interesting because Hassan's passing is still something he needs to work on. So I mean, I think you have to respect it. I'm surprised more teams haven't come out and just at least put a hand in his face because he's hitting the mid range jumper at a pretty good rate. So. And I think it's something he could add to his game. He's reminding me. I know we hate comparisons and stuff, but it's just reminding re- me recently. He's starting to remind me of a of a much more athletic, like Marcus Saul, a guy that can really bring out the range. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Harrison. Yeah, his shot's good. When you look at his shot, just eye, you know, eyeball test, looking at his form and everything like that, his shot looks no, good. His, it's not. It's not surprising that he's got really, a good shot. And I, I realize he can't pass. I realize he can't pass like Gasol well, because Gasol's an excellent player. Yeah, or like anybody. Yeah. Just, all right. All right. So tell me I'm stupid, but I'm telling you his game, the way he stupid. shoots, the way. Okay. Um, I, it's starting to remind me of like this very, very athletic. And I think the passing can get better. Like you've seen, you've seen obviously marginal improvements, but listen, he's, he's playing, he's playing point guard at the YMCA. He's playing in Lebanon where he's the best player. Like Wait, did he play point guard at the YMCA? Yeah. He used to always uh, tell stories like this. When you, when you, when you say that his passing could get better. Do you think that he wants his passing to get better? Oh, <laughs> okay. Those are That's two completely question different right questions. Okay, um, if you get Hassan in a room and you start talking about, hey, Hassan, think about what a good passer. You think he's getting excited about that conversation or no? No, because he I, wants to dunk on people. But and that's what he said <laughs> when we asked him last year about going all season and getting six assists. His answer was very defensive. He doesn't think any of this is funny ever. Uh, was that you know he is it's pretty hard to have time to pass to everybody when you're the one dunking on people. He's not wrong. <laughs> but, but when they're no, bringing yeah, he's got a point. He does have a point. But when they start bringing dunking on people occupies a lot of his time. He's very busy with the dunking on people. <laughs> that is his they, number one job. But when they start bringing the quick double and triple teams, his ability to pass out of the post is going to become like it, it's it's something he can still work on. It's where when we say when we say Hassan hasn't reached his ceiling. That's what I'm saying. I really think he's a guy that could pass out of the post. You're gonna uh, have to find a way to make that sound more fun to him. Then yeah, who's can't you know. like okay, who's can who's the well, name can he go to? Him, you know the your your quote of the season was when you said Josh McRobert. It's like a pass that goes through through the net. Like that's what we gotta we gotta bring that into Hassan. Hassan's got 20 assists by the way. That's pretty good this season. Yeah, 20 assists this season. If I'm looking at the right guy, yeah, Hassan, 20 assists. I, mean, I gotta look at this. 
Brian, what were you going to say before I'm you saying whose can does he have to go to? Like, whose name on what camp does he have to go to this offseason just to learn how to pass? The Tony Fiorentino camp for kids. <laughs> the media is so hard on poor Tony and Eric. They're mean, dude. Yeah, there was a mean tweet. The Levitard the shows. The media are? No, the Levitard show. Oh. Yeah, they're okay. mean. That's dude. all of us. That's the media. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's. I there. actually don't hear the broadcasts very often because I'm usually there working, and if I don't go to the game, if I'm not working, I don't watch the game. I'm off. I'm with my family, so I don't. I don't hardly ever catch the broadcast unless I'm rewatching a game. But I know both of those guys personally from being around a lot, and they're they're both great guys. And and from what I can tell, they they do a good job. I, I don't know why people yeah. would be upset with them. No, there's just there's funny things. Like, have you seen the the famous vine of Tony Fiorentino from last season? Looking at stats, when he's like checking out yes. some. That's a great okay. video. I mean, that's the best video. Okay, but but Tony's on there to add personality and be and be funny. What is the best? I no, I, I like both of the guys, especially you know when you have you know when you really appreciate these guys when you listen to other other yes. guys on. Yes. on I'm sure. I mean, the Cleveland game was on last week. Those guys are absurd. Uh, the Boston announcers are terrible. Uh, Let's talk just, about Cleveland, man. You guys always like talking about Cleveland. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not Team Penn. What do you guys I'm think not. about all the subtweets? What do you guys think about it? Is, is oh LeBron Neiman here for this, or is he, is he trying to text somebody? Or like, <laughs> like I don't know that he needs us here for all of this. Um, you guys enjoying all the subtweets or what? You guys think I mean, he's coming back? I know I'm crazy, but I would never want LeBron back on the Heat. Hey, you're ever. I don't believe you. You're lying. No, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. And I was at and I was at a lot of the great uh, Heat games when he was here. So I mean, I love watching LeBron play in person. He's my, one of my favorite people to ever watch. But yeah, and I, no, I just think he knows he has Cleveland by the balls. You're so lying. he loves he loves the attention. This is this is this is LeBron James. He why are you, loves. Why are you character assassinating for LeBron? <laughs> Well, there is this something is to that. I mean, when you go to games there and when you see the reports and you see, you know, the way that they're covered and the things that he says, it, it, he runs that place in a way that he was never going to run Miami. Yeah, and when they asked him, and he runs very- that locker room in a way that he was never going to run Miami. I mean, you think that all, all this stuff, all this subtweets, and all this uh, questioning their toughness on a day when he doesn't play. I mean, how do you think that's going over to uh, to Shane Battier and Ray Allen and guys like that? That I doesn't mean, he's, happen. Here. He's doing that in a place where he knows he can. Yeah, I mean, I I think I really I lost a lot of respect for LeBron the way he left. Uh, he left oh, Pat Riley. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. stop. I didn't it. like the way he left Miami. You sound and, like Scott. I didn't like the way you left Cleveland. I don't like the dude, way that was a great article Stu Gotts wrote. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, I mean, the one Levitard edited? It was, yeah, it was porn for you, like, fanatical people that just want to criticize LeBron. Well, it's funny because Stu Gotts is a Knicks fan. But, uh, but it was a well-written <laughs> article. And, no, I just, I really, I don't like the guy. I don't respect him. So when I see this happening. Why do you I not respect fans, him? And I see those fans getting the way they are. I, I get it because he loves that attention. Listen, listen. There was too much about Steph Curry going on. The Warriors are on this ridiculous. They're having this ridiculous season. LeBron needed some spotlight. He throws out some weird tweets. He starts saying that you know he starts leaking some news that he's not happy with Kyrie. And now the spotlight's back on LeBron. It's re- this is who he is. You think LeBron Carmelo. wants this? <laughs> yeah, I you think, think so. Who's the source? I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know about all the motivations and reasons for it, but yeah, I think he does. That guy doesn't do anything by accident, man. That guy when he wears his Miami winner's hat and when he. Let's this video get out of him and wait. I mean, he knows exactly what's he's been playing this game long enough. That he knows exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah, I do believe there's 
there's intent there, but I, I don't know what. I, I don't know. You know, it's a decent theory that maybe he, he wants to take some. He's seen Curry get all the attention, but I, I don't know that. I do know that it's intentional. You don't think that yeah. one of the biggest things in Cleveland is is that he has no peers? Uh, they're they're kind yeah. Of that's different. what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Is he, I don't think he'd be doing this stuff, you know, with Rashard Lewis and Ray Allen and Chris Bosh and Dwayne. He's doing this because he he can. I mean, he's positioned himself as kind of the dad there in that locker. They're hierarchically. I made up a word beneath him. I think that's a word. Is it? They talk. I don't, I don't care. They they talk <laughs> about him that way though. Those guys talk about him that way. They've been talking about him that way since last year. Tristan Thompson was calling him, uh, you know, this wise old father over here. And I mean, that's what he wanted. And and that's up to him. That's not that's not a negative about him that that's what he wanted. But it is what he wanted, and it's what he's created in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think LeBron is uh, leaving Cleveland, and I also don't think he's trapped in Cleveland. I I told you my big thing on Twitter is that everybody is. Uh, they pick a side, right, and they stick to that side, and it's so they pick the extremes. And there's no extreme. I mean, if LeBron stays a few more years and realizes he's never going to win again there, he'll leave because he can't. I don't think. Um, yeah. I don't, Jason, yeah. Jason because listen, fans. listen. Because think. everything, because everything he wrote in that letter, you already know it's garbage. Because he already knew he's already traded all of his best friends. You know the the guys he wanted to play with. He he already knew the love trade was happening. Like it was totally orchestrated. So LeBron can do what he needs to do uh, to try and position himself to win again. But I just don't see this like he's trapped, you know? Like, yeah, he said he wants to win one for Cleveland. But if it's the land. But if it's looking bad, uh, he's going to get out of there. He's not going to waste. I think he's going to. Uh, he's going to do one more year in Cleveland so he can get that huge 10-year bird right extension with the new cap in 2017. And he'll figure out where he wants to go, like if he wants to sign with Cleveland and then do something else. But he's not trapped. And he's he knows what he's doing. Like this is all – everything mm-hmm. LeBron does is orchestrated. He's not trapped, but he's running out of time, man. I mean he's still very, very, very good. I mean he's still somebody anybody would want to have except you apparently. Or yeah, yeah. Anybody would want to have on their team. But he's only – he's not getting better. He's not going to get – he's not going to be better next year and better the year after. That. It, it is going to be a gradual decline from here. Why do you think his jump shot went? I had a guy uh, from Fear of the Sword on last week or the week before and, and we don't have an explanation on what happened to the jump shot. Really? I, I think I, I said earlier that – in Miami, he always he always caught the ball in a really good position. So a lot of times he had the ball in his hand, but he would pass it to another guy and then cut to a spot where he, he would usually uh, catch and shoot from a nice spot on the court where he was effective. Now he has the ball in his hands almost all the time. He can't. He's not a great the dribble, and it's affecting his shot. Miami put him in a really good position. Spo's offense was so good during the four years that he was here, and put him in really good positions to be effective. You know, there was that one season where he shot 58% from the field. And th- I think his field goal percentage went up every year in Miami. I'm not positive, but I thought that was yes, it did. the case. Um, and in Cleveland, he just he does whatever he wants on offense. It's a lot of iso ball. Uh, it's been even worse since uh, Tyron Lue and the rest of those losers took over. So, Jesus. Um, Hot take. So mad, man. He's come so on. That's, that's a shot at Dan Gilbert. He's, for- he's so angry. But if LeBron was 58 years old and wanted to come back here. Brian, think, what the hell are you doing? 58? No. I, yeah, you'd want uh, to see what he's got. Do the Heat, do I, Heat fans want to play them in the playoffs? Yes. What's that noise? Did anybody, did anybody hear that? No. No, it's just you, man. And you're being very distracting right now on oh this. Oh, my um, God. Very no, schizophrenic no, no, podcast. I was looking What's at it the- again? 
heapy pop heapy. No, hold on. Let heapy. me let me explain to you in the audience what just happened. So I'm looking at a box score uh-huh. for the game going on right now between Memphis and Cleveland. Cleveland is currently down 12. Perfect. NBA.com automatically plays a video of a Cavs play, and I'm thinking Brian is Brian always plays sounds that annoy me, and I thought he was playing a sound from a game. So I'm thinking, Brian, what the hell are you doing? I am so sorry. So yeah, that's so Jason happened. and I were having a perfectly good discussion. And I completely interrupted you. Yeah. Was that it? Was that the whole thing you wanted to say? That was my spiel. I'm done. Okay. That's over. Do you feel good about that? Like that was a good I feel liberated. <laughs> contribution? I feel liberated. I feel like I have to apologize to Brian. Okay. Sorry, Brian. I've been I've been You're getting live play by play on a Cleveland Memphis game. That, that sounds people illegal. We'll listen to tomorrow or the next day. It also sounds illegal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'll be hearing from their lawyers. Yeah. The Express want to play them though, even if the you, even if you don't think it's going to go well. Do you? Do they want yeah. Cleveland like in the second round this year? Yeah. They. I mean, he Twitter definitely wants them. Whether no, they it, don't. Yeah. Yes, we do. I mean, we might be. Listen, we might wear depends during the series, but we want them. Like you we'll go out Toronto because Toronto's defense has fallen off a cliff in the last month. Listen, we will. Yeah, sure. We'd like the three seed because that's the better matchup to to advance further. But if we end up with four, we'll play. You have two choices: it's either Toronto or Cleveland. Like it's like you want right. Toronto. Well, but they yeah. could get the they could get this they could get the three seed though. And if they were to lose to Toronto in the second round, they never get that shot at Cleveland. I think that they'd rather play Toronto just because it you, that's a winnable matchup. You don't yeah. think that if Anything they go to the, the Eastern Conference Finals? That's a that's a win for them this season, like just getting there, even if they lose to Cleveland. No, absolutely it is. But I'm curious what the fan base wants if they want their shot at Cleveland, no matter what. If there was a way to get to the finals and somehow circumvent Cleveland, would would they want that, or do they want their shot at uh, Cleveland? No, I've been reading. I've been reading that. Like at first, we wanted Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals because obviously that gives us the longest chance of surviving the postseason as long as possible. But then people were saying. If we could possibly end Cleveland's season, that would be a lot sweeter. So if it, if we could end it in the second, end it earlier, then that's mm-hmm. what I think. People just want to see it. I thought they thought maybe last year we'd get the we'd sneak in for the A seed and get our shot. But I mean, obviously, having Justice Winslow and Richardson is much better than one uh, horribly uh, one sided postseason series where you get where you get killed. So you know, in the long run, obviously having Justice and Richardson is a lot better. But I think, yeah, I think they're ready this year, and we'll see what happens. They're readier. They're more ready than they were last year, the Heat are, to, to play that game. And Cleveland is a little more, I think, um, gettable than they were last year. I think the matchup's favorable for Miami in the sense of, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, Harrison, how Luol Dang is a guy that probably has problems guarding quicker small forwards. However, a guy like LeBron who's lost a lot of speed, Dang can keep up with him laterally. And has really bothered him, especially last season. Uh, he really, really bothered LeBron. So hey, when you have favorable matches. bothers a lot of people. Huh? It bothers a lot of people. No, yeah, but specifically LeBron. Uh, He's, yeah, he always yeah. has. Always has. So yeah, Dang's had, Dang's had great career games against LeBron. So it's it's a good matchup there. That's uh, a favorable also, matchup for them. And, yeah. and Hassan really bothers, at least in the games that we saw last season or the game, seemed to really bother Kyrie and LeBron. Yeah, I, I yeah, think it would be misunderstanding that if they can get set up where they play Toronto in the second round, there's nothing to worry about. Like, oh, they'll just blow right past Toronto. Toronto's really, really good, man. But the defense of Toronto in the last month has been Laker-like. It's been really bad. It's been a lot like bottom four in the league uh, in February. So they're the more they're the more gettable team, and I think Miami matches up well against them um, because of of them defensively, and Miami can probably pick at them with their pace. 
Miami has matched up with them well prior to this season. Uh, this year, I don't think the Heat have done so well against Toronto. No, they haven't. They haven't. But I do think that with the increased play and just with individual player matchup, I mean, DeRozan had probably one of his best games of the season against Miami, and I don't necessarily think that Miami's defense can't contain DeRozan. He seems like an easy, not an easy guy to contain, but he's dealable. Especially they, won't be, they, they won't be, in terms of public perception at least, the Heat won't be a, a, a drastic underdog against anybody except Cleveland. In no, the that's playoffs. what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's pretty amazing um, to consider not only just how wide open it is. Um, now, they probably should be a little bit of an underdog if they're playing on the road against Toronto. But no, I don't think they should be favored against Toronto. I just think Toronto gives them the best chance. Right, and uh, that the Heat are even in this position after losing Chris Bosh again – yeah. that they'd have a chance to even have this conversation because last year this wasn't what it was about. Last year it became, can they sneak into the playoffs? There was like the, the really high point late in the season was when they were talking about maybe they can chase down Milwaukee for the sixth seed. And that, this is a totally different conversation with this team this year. And it has so much to do with the fact that the guys you're plugging in are are not Henry Walker and Michael Beasley and guys that might not be in the league otherwise. I mean, the, the fill-ins are Joe Johnson and more Dragic, more Whiteside, more thing. Uh, maybe more Justice Winslow at some point. Jason, that's Bill Walker to you. Come on. <laughs> now, he was Henry Walker last year, wasn't he? No, but we call him Bill Walker. Oh, no, I'll call people what they want to be called, man. Billiam. Billiam, yeah. yeah. That was, right. Be- that was Beasley's a- name for him, right? Did you yes. see Heat Twitter last night just savaging the kids? Uh, no, what are you talking about? Like what does the, that mean? The kids' day broadcast, like they were just being really mean. The no. was just mean. To, did you did you notice or no? No, no, I didn't notice all that. I met those kids yesterday. They were fine. The, the, there was a girl. I mean, not all of them, but there was a girl and a boy that were doing the Playboy. I mean, the the play by play with with Tony and Eric, and uh, I met them. They were nice. Yeah, no, he Twitter was not very nice to them. They're kids, man. I what know, but you know, Heath Twitter. The you whole know. thing is it's kids' day. If you don't like it, you know, you don't have to watch with the sound on. Jason, you yeah. know that he Twitter's full of creeps. He Twitter are a bunch of savages. I, do, I guess I don't know that though. I mean, dude, I, I don't. What, what do they think? Are the kids going to see that? They think the kids will see that and that'll show them. No, they're just that'll show a little twelve-year-old Todd <laughs> when he sees what you know. So and so, Heat beat wrote about him. They were no. Don't put us in this. Those kids yeah. probably aren't even allowed to be on Twitter. I wouldn't let my kids be on Twitter if they were 12. How old are your kids? You uh, four and two. Okay, so they're not allowed on Twitter yet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Take after their dad's footsteps. They'll be good at Twitter. Uh, I'll let the four-year-old fire off a tweet every now and then. <laughs> Just bang on your tablet? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Jason, do you know what he – I was asked to ask you this. What do you think of he Twitter in the sense of how they're crazy people? I, they're nuts. I, they're all nuts. I don't. I must not see the full extent of Heat Twitter because I don't see too much crazy. Oh, you think we're nice? I, I will. No, I wouldn't say that. Especially <laughs> not that Elf guy, man. I'm watching. Oh, he, he just asked me. He's like, Jason's terrified of me. You need to ask him. <laughs> I am terrified of that guy. I imagine that he actually is what his profile picture he looks, looks like. like. That. He looks just like. I, that. I assume so. That's how <laughs> I live. Um, Dude, what do you think of no, Heat Boner? No, hold on. We're talking about Elf right now. Elf what does that mean? No. Oh, he doesn't know heat boner? Okay. Is that a silky, person or silky like a to go? You don't know the goat? One of the things I like about what I have seen from the, you know, what, what you guys have named yourselves heat Twitter is the stuff like this and the right and the articles that you guys do and stuff like that. It's great. And it's one of the um, awesome things about this age that wouldn't have been the case, I don't know, 10 years ago even, where there's so much good fan generated uh 
content. Like you don't, you don't have to be, you know, as important as I am to sit there and write whatever you want and have an opinion and have people read it. And that's awesome. I liked it. But to be as important as you, you get a media credential. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's man. true. I mean, do you guys do, you guys do a pretty good job without that though. We would, yeah, th- thank you. Thank you. Uh, we don't, but thank you. Thank you for lying to us. Uh, we're not paying you, but we're working on it. Is this made a face? <laughs> no, but th- you are right. Like, we have feasted on the backs of unpaid labor of fans who just want to get their opinion out there. And you guys are a bunch of suckers, all you that write for Heat Beat, because we don't even pay you, and you guys produce great content. Brian and I have parlayed this into a, a foolproof industry. I mean, we have our own sideline reporter for free. You can go season, he you has do. a season ticket. <laughs> Sit sideline, watch watches lips so of I, Riley and Alonzo Mourning. I sit really close to Alonzo, always looking angry. So and Pat I, Riley? I, I retweet. I tweet the news when I get it. You know, you can, Jason. He thinks that he can read lips like amazing from far away. Maybe he Listen, can, man. How do you know? I'm, yeah, I mean, he's so negative to me, Giancarlo. I have like three skills in life. Lip reading is one of them. What so, are the other two? What are, what are the other go. two? Poker. Um, what what were the other two? Poker. Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, what are your other two skills besides lip yeah, reading? You just gave us yeah, one. Yeah, I named I named three, and I'm trying to think of the other two. Yeah, I <laughs> overshot it there. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, but one though, but one. He sure has the one. Well, lip reading is your own. I, if you, you couldn't disprove his lip reading unless you're a lip reader yourself, John Carlo. You got to think about that, man. Lip I'm not alleging myself to be a lip reader like Harrison. Well, then, then you don't know if he's accurate or not. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the support. He defended you, Harrison. I assume yeah. that he is. I assume that people don't lie on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But that would be a weird thing to lie about is that I'm really good at lip reading. If I wasn't good, I would have never mentioned things, man. There Mind things. control. That'd be so yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah that imagine would, that. It, be, it really would be. I'm just going to let that sit there. Yeah. For you guys, the audience, to think about that. Jason with mind control. He mind controlled Hassan <laughs> Whiteside. <laughs> what would you say, Brian? He mind controlled Hassan Whiteside. Into being a, into being a, a not... Uh, electric cord and whatever, like crazy person. Yeah, so you can write is better Hassan, stories. Is Hassan a crazy person? Exactly. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's disappointing. No, he's he's trying yeah, to push the right. team into making the playoffs. Huh? He's funny, man. He's funny, and he's he's he's, he's fairly likable personality. He just uh, he's a little bit sensitive, I think. Aren't are Why aren't he's, we all? <laughs> I don't think I am. But. No, you're not. You are peak, Jason. You have improved. We talked about you in the show uh, a couple weeks. I am sensitive about that. You guys keep saying that like it's such a nice thing, but like no, no, no. I was trashed before. You made this year. no, 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 no. From oh, yes. sorry, I was so bad. Sorry, I disappointed you guys for all these years. You fishing for compliments, Jason? No, I'm I'm wallowing in how bad you guys think I must have been. You went, no, no, no. Jason, Jason, Jason. You you were always very good at your job, but you've made I, this leap to just like. You, you're the man. Like you're, you're always, you're quick. You're quick with. Uh, do you and I mean, you, you and yeah, you're quick you guys are with the top. Do you too? That's very kind. That's very kind. Uh, for his sake, for you to include him with me. <laughs> <laughs> I had this whole other career before I did this, where I was covering University of Florida. You guys don't even know about that. I mean, I've, I've been, That's I've true. been around for a long time. I guess I just apparently got good this year. You were covering the University of Florida. Were you covering basketball? Yeah, I covered football. I covered football and basketball uh, before I took this job. Team Tebow or now? No, right after that, the bad years, <laughs> the not fun years of 
Aaron, did you watch Kenny? Did you watch Kenny Boyd in basketball? Yeah, yeah, Kenny Boyd was great, man. The North South Korea episode of the Heat Beat. Yeah, we uh, a long time ago, Brian and I speculated with like if uh, at the height of Kim Jong Un of uh, mania in the United States, if Kim Jong Un had kidnapped LeBron, if that would prompt the president, realistically, if it would prompt the president to declare war in North Korea because he had yeah. an American hostage. Okay. And, uh, I've seen worse movies than that. I mean, that's not. <laughs> no, hold on, wait. And then Dennis I, yeah, Rodman. Yeah, I'd watch that on DVD. I'd watch that on DVD. On demand. Dennis Rodman would be the undercover spy for the president. Well, yeah, it goes without saying. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, what was, exactly there was a movie. Uh, what was the movie where um, where they took over the White House? There was one just like that with uh, Aaron Eckhart. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's the one they're doing now. Another one in London. So it's Olympus yes, has yes. fallen. Yes, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> Olympus has fallen. I mean, it couldn't be worse than that. Yeah, that movie's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible enough to make a sequel. Now, how many terrible movies do you watch in hotels on the road? Uh, a lot, actually. Yeah, the main <laughs> the main thing I do on the road is watch uh, is watch movies and stuff like that. I watch. Uh, I'm usually working on the flight, and then I watch movies. And so I catch up on a lot of movies. I watch a lot of movies on the road. Uh, that's it's not a very exciting life out on the road. I've always wondered this. So you guys go out, and then what? You just stay in the hotel, like you guys don't. I do. Uh, and there might be other guys having more fun, but uh, you know, covering the NBA is a great, great job if you're young and single, or even really if you're just single. I mean, you're going around all the time. You can go out in all these cities and do whatever you want. But I don't really. I actually still like my family, so I <laughs> I want to be home. It's it's difficult not to be home as much as I am. And uh, I mean, man, the the one thing that is better on the road, and if if you have kids or know anyone that has kids, the sleep you get on the road is unbelievable. That's the only thing that I prefer about the road. So I am not turning down a chance to get to sleep. Really? Yeah. So I know that's not very exciting. I know that's not the wild adventures that you guys want to hear about, but um, there really are no wild adventures. One time, like I went, uh, you know, I went to a TGI Fridays and was there till like ten thirty. So that, that got a little out of hand. But other than that, yeah. Other than how that, much, it's pretty bad. How much sleep do you get during, like, free agency period? Because I can imagine you're up all night trying to catch up on these rumors. Yeah, and- that first night is bad. Yeah, you just hope that it wraps up real quickly. Last year it did. Last year it, it finished up pretty quickly, which was nice. I mean, it was maybe three or four days. Beat sounds... Especially for baseball, that sounds terrible. It just depends what your lifestyle is, man. If you've got a fam, if you uh, are, if you don't have a family, or if you have a family that you want to be away from, then uh, those kind of jobs are pretty good. But uh, for me, I I love the job. The job is fantastic. The downside is um, being away all the time. But other than that, I love the job. Jason, thank you so much for being on with us today as a student journalist. I thank you very, very profoundly for making the time for our ridiculous uh, circus, if you will. Uh, I don't know how to thank you. Thank you so much, sir. And thank you, Harrison, for, for contacting Jason. Yeah, Jason, very, very much appreciated. Really, yeah, really appreciate it. Brian's sitting right here. Come on, something for Brian. You like he did all this work. Thank again, you. Yeah, bro. Oh, my God, Brian. Thank you so much for producing the show and for helping me. Brian, you did a good job, man. I'm also a student journalist, too, so let me put that Brian's, out there. Brian's the best. He's our producer. He's our editor. Brian's really good at his job. I too. And I can't wait oh, to end this and call my dad and tell him I was on the Heat Meat pro- yeah, podcast. You don't even know the damn name. Did you say Heat Meat? <laughs> is that not what it's called? No. Heat Beat. Heat Beat. That is that will be the name of the podcast, though. That will be the name <laughs> right. of this episode. The Heat Meat. <laughs>